All right, welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here with the greatest six foot three redheaded backpacker in the history of mankind, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing <laughs> you well. Like a ninja now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a so, backpacking uh, we got, ninja. Check this out. We've already got somebody contact us here, Jeremy from Midwest Backpacker. I am joining you from the woods, and all is good. Oh, so, I like I like what you did there, Jeremy. You see that what he did there? That was nice. That was real nice. So, uh, man, how's your day been? Well, today has been a fantastic day, and uh, tomorrow's going to be an even better day because no work. Ooh, oh, election day. Yes, tomorrow's nice. election day. Nice, even though it really doesn't matter because a lot of people have already voted, and there's still people that are going to vote like eight to nine days after. So, uh, it's election week. Is yes. what we're in right now. As long as it so, gets me off work, we that's can call all that it matters. You want, yeah. It's a shame you're not off on Friday. We could go hiking, but uh, I uh, know. I guess that's how that goes, man. So, uh, you got anything coming up this week? Any hikes or any backpacking trips or anything? Yes, I am going with my wife camping, and then we're going to an undisclosed location to hike day hike with another couple, maybe a couple couples. We'll see. Wow, I'm awaiting confirmation. You're like doing these like double date hiking adventures now, huh? Yes, triple date maybe. Very Let's nice. See. Yeah, I was going to say I'm going on a, about a 10-mile day hike on Friday and then Saturday. I'm going out to the Red River Gorge with a bunch of people who have not hiked much, and I'm going to take them out to uh, to uh, Hanson's Point, and then we're going to go hit up some Miguel's there in the Red River Gorge, get some Dude, pizza. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love then that the, you're showing people that, that haven't been. Oh, man. Everybody needs to see Hanson's Point at some point in their life. If anybody knows me, knows how much I love that place. But uh, that's exciting. And then I get to go to Alabama the next week with Crow Flies Hiking. Brad. Oh, yes, Brad is a great guy. You'll love that, man. He's a lot of fun to hang out with, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. He's he's awesome, man. Just a good guy. But we have a good guy who's in the green room right now who's oh, waiting yeah. to get on. And before he comes on, I think it's important we let people see this one picture of him to understand the kind of guy we're dealing with today. And that's this picture right here. If this doesn't tell you we are dealing with a man's man today, I don't know what does. And if you're listening online, we just showed a picture of a guy with an iced over beard, completely iced over, just smiling from ear to ear. Like he just got married. So uh, we're excited to bring to the show for the first time ever. Mr. Justin Sylvester of it's good in the woods. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Oh my gosh, we're so awesome, man, because you're here. <laughs> right on. Likewise. We weren't sure what was going to happen there for a little bit, but it pulled together for us. A little touch and go. Huh? <laughs> it was a little scary, but, but it all worked out, which is great. So uh, this is your first time here on, on the Backpacking Podcast. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to do some games. Maybe, you know, lighten the, lighten the, the whole mood a little bit. Can't and so uh, we're going to do that to kick things off right away. Because... I picked a game that I think you're the ringer in and that Jeremiah has no chance to win. Oh, man. Jeremiah's never lost, by the way. At yeah, the one, the one time we played this, Jeremiah did not lose. One Smartest and oh, man baby. in Kentucky. I've heard yeah. tools. That's a, that is not true. Um, <laughs> Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, would, would argue, argue that with you. Um, okay, so it's real simple. You're just going to tell us what a few of these winter items weigh. The game is called What Does It Weigh? All right, so the way this one works, this is real simple. Well, you can see the scale that's down here in the corner. And what we're going to do is I'm going to show you guys an item. Then you have to guess what you think it weighs. Pretty simple, right? Oh, well, to I hope you can do it, but I have faith in this guy down below me right here. Oh, I think man. he's, I think he's going to knock it out. This feels like Brady Bunch right now, by the way. I'm just kind of like, I want to look over here. I guess it's over here. <laughs> Hi, Jeremiah. Um, <laughs> if you're listening online right now, it's like, we've got four squares on the screen and there's a picture of a scale and everything, but uh, okay, let's, let's start this thing off. The very first thing we're going to do is I'm going to pull up an item that if you're out in really cold weather, not like. Kentucky cold weather or Midwest cold weather is in like Ohio, but I'm talking like cold weather. Uh, you're going to have to have these. And I'm going to show these to you. 
I bet it's some hot hands. These are real man's gloves, is what oh. these are. <laughs> okay, what is these that? <laughs> these are what you call Arctic gloves, and I'm pretty sure that Justin has seen these before. So these suckers, actually, a lot of people do mittens. I didn't know that because it was my first ever backpacking trip was going up to Mount Kilimanjaro. So uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, and I I got gloves, and uh, but I got these Arctic gloves, and these are nice and warm. But here's the thing. There's a bonus to this. These are the liners that go inside the gloves. <laughs> okay. So basically you're looking at the weight of four different gloves here. Combined? Combined. And you have you're... to guess what the weight of that is. Will your scale so, hold that? Oh, yeah, dude. I've already figured out how to make this work. I can't wait to see this. We keep it, we keep it real around here, man. Okay, so what are the guesses going with uh, with this one? You go first. Well, that's throwing the gauntlet down. I've never even laid eyes on this type of gear before because it's very mild here in Kentucky. So I'm going to say, we doing pounds? We're doing ounces. Pounds and ounces. Uh, I'm going to say for all of it combined, one pound and six ounces. One pound and six ounces. I'm going to say one pound. One pound. All right. I'm going to put the gloves on here first. Is this closest without going over? Yeah, it doesn't matter if you go over or not. We don't care about going over. 8.9 ounces for the gloves. And now to put the liners on top, 13.1 ounces. Justin is the first person to score in this game. So uh, let's let's give a point to Justin to start this whole thing off. Jeremiah, I don't think you stand a chance, buddy. I'm Bro, just going to be honest with you. I'm getting cheated first. <laughs> Currently, Justin won. Jeremiah, zero. It's it's not even in grams. That was and... beginner's luck. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you, Justin. So now you're dogging on our, on, our, on our person who's on our show right now, saying they can't guess weights correctly? Come on, man. No, that's self-proclaimed beginner's luck. <laughs> okay. All right. So the next item. Now, people who backpack in nice weather. I mean, anything un- over the temperature of 40. Uh, they may wear gaiters, but they're like the dirty girl gaiters, you know, the ones that are real small that fit over your shoes. But if you're hiking in deep snow, and I mean deep snow, you're going to need some of these bad boys right here. These are the crocodile gaiters from Outdoor, what's this? It's outdoor Research that made these. So these are some hardcore gaiters. How much do you guys think these things weigh? Justin, you got to go first this time. I'm going to say eight ounces each. Eight ounces each. So 16 total. Yeah. Okay, 16 total. That that might be a little high, but I'll stick with it. I'm going to go (laughs) (laughs) 15.9. Okay. Welcome to the Price is Right. Okay, so here we go, boys. Let's see what this weighs. Are we seeing it? 7.9 Seven. ounces <laughs> combined. 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 7.9 ounces combined. So, unfortunately, yeah, I got to. That was way off. I got to give Jeremiah a point here. So, that's some Jeremiah, winner. You are, you are now on the board. So, the tiebreaker. This is the, this is the final. Final one right here. What is this? Solomon <laughs> GTX boots. Because you can't wear trail runners in really deep snow and not hate your life. And so there's two of these boots. We're going to weigh them both. Actually, I take it back. I'm just going to weigh one, and then we'll double it. So okay. I'm not going to weigh them both because that's just dumb. So, okay, so we're going to weigh one of these boots. What do both boots combined weigh? And Jeremiah, you have to go first this time. I'm going to say one pound and four ounces combined. Okay. Two and a half. Two Two and a half half pounds? pounds? Yep. Okay. Wow. It's on. The weight of one boot is one pound, 8.5 ounces. (laughs) 
<laughs> over three pounds for both. Jeremiah, you are no longer undefeated in this game. We can honestly say that our winner of this game is Justin. So, Justin, congratulations Ooh, on winning. Win. Uh, you get to brag every time you're around Jeremiah. I just took down the smartest man in Kentucky. <laughs> you just took him down. So Justin wins. That's all we got to say about that. So now that we're now that we got things going, uh, let's go ahead and bring up the ticker for the rest of the show. It gives all the news that means nothing because it's completely fake. So, <laughs> hey, I want to ask Justin a question since we mentioned shoes there, and we all, we have all the snow gear. So, did you see? Uh, Hunter's idea for snow, shoe-wise? Hunter's no. idea. No, I did not. He is thinking about waterproof socks with sandals, and then for snow, like if you need snowshoes um, or crampons, you just put those around the sandals. I'm curious. I've literally never backpacked in the snow more than, like, I don't know, a few inches of snow. <laughs> Dude, well, I know Hunter said he was, he was joining on here. I'm curious what you think about that. I think it's insane, but each to their own. You know, I mean, it, it might work for him. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jeremiah, I'm prepared. I, I want you to see this, too, because uh, this game is racist against Canadians is what I was just was what Justin Outdoors just told us. Oh, man. I'm sure it can be done. Yeah, it I might be it. done, but... <laughs> that is not a very confident face yeah, right there. I would do it, but hey, <laughs> a lot of people do a lot of cool things, and maybe that's one of them. Hey, maybe. I would just Maybe. Curious. Now, Justin, you are definitely a winter guy. Actually, I got to watch a little bit of your uh, live stream with the Shill Brothers last week. That was fun. And... And uh, you said you prefer to backpack in the bitter cold. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I I think it's fitting that the very thing that made you popular on YouTube was this thumbnail right here on the left. It is. You did a yeah. video about a hot stove tent or a hot tent, and it's you getting out of a snow covered snow covered tent and it's it's an unbelievable shot i mean it's it's kind of crazy to think that you were actually out in this stuff and it's almost got a million views at this point almost, almost. that's crazy Isn't man that nuts that's crazy what did you do when that thing blew up my mind blew up i was like what I was like, how is this even <laughs> happening it was crazy it just everything happened all at once yeah, I remember chatting with you. I guess it was maybe a few months after we had both really been YouTubers. Like we hadn't known. I mean, we just kind of met online, and you were telling me some stories about your past and all this kind of stuff. And it was maybe a month later that video came out, and I remember my eyes just got huge. Like, man, this dude just hit it. There it is, right there. Yeah, I mean, the numbers went nuts. When when I first dropped that video, I had just shy of five hundred subscribers. And within a month, it, it was up to 4,000. That is boom, awesome. Just like that. And then the numbers went through the roof. But, I mean, that was the one video for me. You know, I, it's like that is what generated all the numbers of my channel pretty much. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, my, my channel has like a million and a half views, a little over. And That's a crazy. million of them are from that one video, right? So it's, <laughs> it's pretty mind-blowing. It really is. That is crazy, man. It was that nuts. is crazy. I didn't, and I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything different. I just did what I do, and it went nuts. I, I oh, don't. I've, I've made it pretty clear in like YouTube groups and chit chats and stuff that I don't really hunt the algorithm. I don't follow the algorithm. I don't pay attention to that at all. So it wasn't that game at all. It just it was a guy that had no idea what he was doing and put out a video, and it went nuts for some reason. <laughs> That's I mean, incredible. I didn't even record it in very good quality you know it was one of my last films on my junk camera because i was just basically starting and i don't know it just hit right and something happened it was that wild. is like so you, cool like you said it was the thumbnail man it really was man <laughs> like i remember yeah. i remember seeing that and there's a, a youtubing backpackers group 
and somebody actually made a comment about you having the coolest thumbnail they'd ever seen in their life, and they posted that picture of it That's on the awesome. chat, and I thought that was the greatest thing. That's really um, cool. So we've got a few little comments going on over here. One of them from Greg Morton saying frostbite is a personal decision. Um, <laughs> Inkblot's life says Gonex boots equals socks with sandals. So there you go, Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. You got to have that one in there. You know, uh, people. Me- oh, go ahead. Up. People were commenting. My wife posted a picture today on Facebook because she received a Christmas tree and people I were commenting. <laughs> They were coming. It was a go next something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jeremiah, you are you're gonna be with that for the rest of your life, I think. I know. <laughs> so Miyagi on the trail said Sanders sandals and watermelon shorts in four feet of snow. Um Milos. I'm telling Justin, you and Miyagi need to go on a backpacking trip together. I mean, if that dude does what he what just happened, like, yeah. No, he <laughs> does <laughs> hardcore. That's not a joke. That really happens. He's That's he's awesome. out of his mind. He does something every year he calls the Death March. Ooh. And he gets up in the coldest day in Wisconsin and goes backpacking. On purpose? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. He's he's out of his mind. That's it's good. crazy. That it's good. crazy. Justin, See, we got a few Oh, go ahead. I was I was just wondering Justin, what is what are the harshest conditions that you've backpacked in winter wise? Cause I know you kind of love the winter. Yeah. Um, on Mount Washington, you know, I, I camped on Mount Washington once in some pretty intense conditions. I actively sought them out. It was very cold and very, very windy. And I wanted to camp above the tree line on Mount Washington. And that kicked my butt. It was crazy. It pretty much destroyed my tent. I didn't get any sleep. And, it was wild. It was a really crazy experience. But that was just me by myself. Um, at one point, I was guide, helping guide a Randy Pierce up, a, up all the mountains in the White Mountains. And when we did Mount Washington, we did the Northern Presidentials on, on one day. And when we got to Mount Washington, it was about 27 below zero. Oh, my god! And, you know, when you're up on Mount Washington... And it's that cold. And then you have the added weight of being responsible for this person. It's pretty, pretty intense. That's terrifying. It, it's, it can get pretty intense. Yeah. In your mind. It's a mental game for sure. But, so um, when you do that kind of hiking and stuff, like what, what is the number one piece of advice you give people that are thinking about getting out in that kind of weather? Baby steps don't just seek it out and do it because you read about it and you get all pumped up about it, you know, um, baby steps, you know, go camp out in your backyard in zero degrees and see how well you fare with that. And, you know, from there, go out in the woods a couple of miles and maybe the same conditions and see how you do with that. Push it and learn, get your system figured out before you actually put yourself up there. Oh yeah. That would be my advice. You said that you were guiding Randy Pierce and, for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about that? Who is Randy Pierce? And when you say guiding, what do you mean by that? Um, Randy is a, he's a really good friend of mine now, but um, he's, he, when we met, he, he was a blind man that was attempting to hike all 48 of New Hampshire's 4,000 footers in one winter season. It's called the single season winter 48. And not too many people in the world had done it at that point and still to this day. And so just hiking in the mountains, trying to get those peaks, you know, winter peak bagging, basically. And when I say guiding, I'm, I just really want to make it clear that I am not a certified guide, right? Not by any means. Um, I had met some people that knew him a couple of years before because I had done the single season winter eight in 2008. And made some winter friends and we hooked up and they introduced me to Randy and Randy and I got along really well from the get go. And we just formed this really tight relationship and we ended up sticking out the rest of the winter together, doing all these mountains, trying to get this adventure locked down. So we basically just hiked together all winter long and it was nuts. So like he had a guide dog, but 
in certain situations in these mountains, it's not exactly the most effective or safe method of traveling. So we devised out a system where he could put his hand on my shoulder and he would follow me and he could follow my body movements. Um, this guy's a black belt in Kempo. Wow. Like, and blind, I mean, he's very, very in tune, intuitive. Like, so he could feel the changes in my body and he would just follow that. And as, as time went on, we progressed that to a, a ski pole. You know, I would hold one end of a ski pole and that could put a little bit more distance between us so that he wasn't tripping on me and whatnot. And he would just follow what the ski pole was doing. And I'd have to let him be aware of, you know, trees or ditches and river crossings or anything technical cliffs, you know, tell him where to put his hands and feet and stuff. And it's just pretty wild. Just, and being there for general safety, you know. Now you didn't just guide him though. That was actually part of a bigger project. Wasn't it? Wasn't there like some kind of a movie that you were doing as a part of this? Yeah. So I, I wasn't doing the movie. Um, Randy had worked it out with this woman, Dina Sutton, that she could record his experience throughout this journey, throughout the journey and turn it into a documentary and then take that documentary and sell it to bring awareness to people with disabilities, people in need. And that's what happened. You know, I, I, I met him, we were, hiking all these mountains. She was recording all this footage on her own time, on her own dime, editing it all. She did everything, produced it, edited, shot it, like the whole nine yards, did all of it. And then turned it into a DVD, basically. And we gave it, she gave it to 2020visionquest.org and they sold it to raise money for the charity. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, I also heard another rumor about this, this whole trip. I heard you started crushing on this lady. Is this true? I did, man. I moved right in. Yeah? Yeah. Love it for a sight. You know, it was crazy. Um, we met, it was it January 6th of that season, 2011, yeah. and hiked all winter long. And yeah, we ended up getting married. You know, she's my wife now. That's um, awesome. I have a kid. Like that winter straight up changed my life. <clears throat> that overall experience, all of it, just, it was a turning point in my life and everything changed for me everything that's amazing yeah that's it really amazing. is pretty crazy you're already inspiring people within our group right now just so you know there are people like saying things like here here's one uh love the idea of hiking on the coldest day of the year totally doing that this year uh bryce newbold is saying polar vortex challenge next big youtuber tag <laughs> um miyagi's saying let's, let's run it. with it uh <laughs> we I'm got down and then we got this one. Jeremiah doesn't feel 27 below reaching in his freezer for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> the cold, it, the cold's hard on me, man. I to, like last night was so cold in Kentucky. It was like 25 degrees. Yeah. And I was like, we got to turn the heat up in the house, put a heater <laughs> by the bed, warm my puffy to work. 25 is legit i mean that's cold i mean I, I, you can that's worthy of turning your heat on no, there no. you go <laughs> that's, that's justin just being really nice right now <laughs> he's saying that to be nice but inside he's going pansies oh uh, <laughs> so did you all get into any like hairy situations or or scary stuff or anything like that whenever you're guiding and uh she was shooting the scariest part for me throughout the whole thing looking back on it was the mental weight load of what happens if something goes wrong like then what especially if it was me i mean we made it a point to pretty much not hike by ourselves just in case something did go wrong but there were quite a few hikes where it was just me him and dina filming and a lot on a lot of the bigger hikes too that's the way it worked wow. out because a lot of people just didn't want to do that mileage or couldn't commit all the time or you know for whatever reason it was so like when we did those northern presidentials that was just randy dina and i with a dog so so the the mental weight load of something going wrong is is crushing yeah i mean the, the guy can't see he cannot see like at all what what if something happens um Nothing really technical ever happened that was scary. I did slip and take a fall at one point, but I mean, it was like I slid down like 20 feet 
of the slope, you know, no, no big deal. Um, it sounds and looks a lot worse than it was. But it'd be terrifying for anybody else, but you're like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, there's there's a scene in the movie where, like, I, w- I was holding a camera, and the, t- the camera takes a tumble, and it looks pretty frightening. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the things you got to do to make a good video, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, there's some more comments on here. I'll ma- I want to make sure you see these. Uh, that hits home for me. Hiking with disabilities is literally my entire journey. Uh, Justin is clearly a class act for sure. Good dude. And uh, that's pretty awesome, man. So, I mean, it's just uh, everybody's just y- your story's really hitting it with everybody, man. Cause that's, it's so cool that, that you took uh, first of all, you were willing to do something. A lot of people would be terrified to do. And I'm not talking about climbing the mountain, but I'm talking about taking a blind man, and basically saying, I will make sure you survive through this and, and yep. taking him up into the mountains. That is yep. so impressive. That's pretty much what happened. I mean, I, I met him on hike one, you know, and then and then for me with him, he had already done about two or three hikes, I think maybe four of the journey. And I met him. And then the next day I was hiking with him and we just really communicated. I really, really could relate to his story. And I had done all those mountains just two years before. So it was still really fresh in my mind. And I knew that I could help this guy. And I got really inspired by the whole process, like just overwhelmingly inspired by what was going on. So I, I literally took, like, I stopped working. I took leave of absence from work. It's like, I'm take, I'm stopping. I'm not going to work. I'm going to help this guy do this thing. My landlord at the time, they, they let us, they let me slide on rent until the whole oh, thing wow. was over. You know, they caught wind of the situation and heard what was happening and they were completely supportive of it. So I didn't have to worry about rent. And yeah, it just happened. I got fully, fully just immersed in this situation and was completely all into it. And meeting Randy was part of that. Like he's the most incredible human being that I've ever met in my life, ever. He's so inspirational. All he wants to do is help people, bring awareness to people, help kids, bring awareness to to disabilities and get the word out there and try and make better lives for these people. And he's doesn't have a stitch of selfishness in him. I mean, he's always positive. You know, a lot of times when I get real pissy and angry and I can get, you know, pretty gnarly and cranky sometimes. And I honest to God say to myself, you know, what would Randy do right now? Like, <laughs> if, if Randy saw me say what I was just about to say, like, would I be proud of myself? You know I mean? the guy is very inspiring and he changes people. And I've heard his story affect so many people. It's unbelievable. And when, when this documentary was done, it was playing in all kinds of movie theaters on the East coast, all over the place. So we were doing this kind of tour going around, watching this documentary on, on at movie theaters and then doing questions and answering and all that stuff, you know, Q and a afterwards and just, hearing and seeing all these people reacting to his story is just it's it's moving it's amazing that's incredible all things outdoors just uh best documentary i watched this year justin equals man among boys (laughs) Uh, (laughs) thank you jeremy it's it's quite the documentary it really is all things considered and you got to hike with jeremy didn't you i did yeah i've got to go into the adirondacks with him we, we did a great group hike in the Adirondacks. Jeremy and Goat, David Gray, Jason Wish. Well, well you didn't really all... hike with – nobody hikes with Jason Wish. <laughs> Jason Wish just kind of leaves. He's not and then he gets where man. you're going and waits for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, he's got that mentality of go, 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 go. Uh, he's actually tom- – is it uh, Wednesday? He's going to do uh, another FKT. Yeah. Doing an 80-mile yeah. FKT. Oh, of, that thing. I do too, man. Yeah. He's, he loves that stuff. I can't wait to hear about it. And it takes a certain a special person to be able to, you know, mileage isn't all that big of a deal, but to have the ambition to just crush mileage and then go to sleep and then wake up super early and pack up just like that and crush miles. It's like, uh, you gotta be a certain kind of crazy. I think yeah. to do that kind of stuff. So you I know? really respect it. I but he it. loves it. Yeah. I've, I've lost that drive in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, who else did you, Oh, I know who you went backpacking with. You went backpacking with Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Not too long ago. What's up with the sir thing? I've caught on that. 
in, in comments. I was like, Jason, what's up with this? It's a respect thing. He is not just backpacking with Jason. He is Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. The hiker royalty. Yeah, he's basically Jeremiah's dad. Yeah, ah. you know what else he is? Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I, he is yeah, awesome. He, yeah. he is Fun. awesome. I love that guy. Yeah. I'm going to get him a t-shirt um, for Christmas, I think. And it, it's going to say, backpacking with Jason. And then I'm going to mark out Jason and write dad. I always call him backpacking with dad. Because he's always taking care of us. He's he's always making sure that we get back to the vehicle. We got something cold to drink. Um, you know, if we go out to eat or something, a lot of times he'll cover it. It's just like it's like a trail dad. He's a he's a solid dude. He's awesome for sure. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah and he said that was one you guys of guys. Right, I see his see your heights and stuff, and that dude hauling out steaks and all kinds. He's, oh yeah, he's good stuff. Oh, yeah. He also lets you borrow his gear when you need to. I think Jeremiah borrowed a tent of his when he went to uh, the Long Trail. And I yeah. borrowed one of his underquilts when I went up to Wisconsin last winter to do some backpacking. Nice. And the first night I needed it, but the second night it was like 45 or something. Sweet. It was really weird. But uh, but Jason's just one of those giving people you'll ever meet. Yeah. But he told me that that trip was the most exhilarating and terrifying at times hike that he's done he said you took him on one of the top like 10 scariest hikes or something i can't remember how he put it the terrifying 25 (laughs) terrifying 25 yeah yeah so it's it's a list of the 25 most aggressive hikes in new hampshire wow and and most of them are you know for a reason on on that list and that was one of them the six husbands trail it's pretty gnarly pretty gnarly you said uh, Jeremy, All Things Outdoors, and David Gray were both on that trip, right? They were. Uh, yeah. not, the, not the one with backpacking with Jason, but the, earlier in the year in the Adirondacks. Yeah. I, so yeah. that Adirondacks trip, uh, shortly after that, um, Jeremy was backpacking with Jason and I in Red River Gorge, uh, just a quick one or two-nighter. And he was telling me <laughs> how crazy it was and the slopes – he said that he would have to get down like, you know, almost on all fours and crouch down and be super careful. He said David Gray had like a 60-pound backpack on, and he was just scooting right along like nobody's business. Dude, you know? a trooper. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's steep. And some of the terrain out here is really, really steep stuff. And He's right. You know, some of it's scrambly. We call them rock scrambles, you know, where you're literally sometimes on your all fours. Working your way up these slabs. It's pretty awesome. It's good stuff. And yeah, David, he had this huge backpack. We're going on this multi-day trip and super aggressive Adirondacks. <laughs> and just steep rock slabs. And he's a big dude, you know, and he's got this big, huge backpack on and never once complained. Just trucked right through it. That's awesome. He's fun. He's a really fun dude to hang out with. He's got some good stories and he knows what he's talking about. Like, yeah, from what I've seen, he's like one of the most intelligent people on the planet. You can tell he's smart. Like he's just got all this information stored in his head. He's he's not reading it off of something. It's it's all there. Like oh, we, yeah. were, we were talking about it on the show, brothers. You know, I mean that guy when we were up in the Adirondacks, he just knew everything about the Olympics that had happened there. Everything. Names, times, what where things happened. He knew it all. Yeah, and he's a former college football player, isn't he? Former athlete in some way or shape or form. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think, remember the story. I think he was a kicker. <laughs> he was a kicker. He was a college kicker, wasn't he? Yeah, I think at a so, D one school. He got all the blame and none of the glory. Yeah, right. That's usually <laughs> how that works with kickers, right? Yeah. It's just not fair. It's just nope. not fair. Uh, somebody just said about the six husbands. Uh, Chris Acone said he saw a sign for six husbands when he did the traverse. It looked like it went down into the depths of hell. <laughs> <laughs> He also asked earlier, um, Chris Coney did, I don't know if you saw in the comments, but about the documentary, he was asking if you could still see that somewhere online or what it was called and how to find it. Yeah, um, it's called Four More Feet. Actually, this is what it looks like. Oh. Four More Feet. And nice. you can. it's on Amazon Prime. You, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. I think it's like a 2 or $3 rental. And it's there. 
Um, ben McMillan from Hilltop Packs, he was saying that he had a hard time finding it on his TV, but his phone found it. So maybe there's an issue or something there. Mm. That's something I've got to look into, actually. But we'll now that now that we're talking about it, and just so all you folks out there know, if you do, if you can't find it on your TV, maybe your phone will actually locate it. But four more feet, yeah. Four more feet, very cool. Thank Let's you. See if we can put it in the uh, show description on the podcast. So if we can find a link, then we'll throw it in there too. If people are listening, that'd be yeah. awesome. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. And uh, another thing I want to talk to you about you you got married. So this amazing woman that you met doing the documentary and you've had kids since then. Yep. And recently you decided, I guess in the last six or eight months, you decided to build originally, I think it was going to be an a frame, but now it's going to be a lean to. Yeah. You want to tell a little bit about that? You want to hear a little bit about it? Yeah. dude. Tell us about this thing. Tell us about this thing. So a, a year or so ago, it's actually been a year since I've started this project. It's just the project that got drawn out, but what I wanted to do was build just like a bushcraft A-frame, a big bushcraft A-frame. And I started getting carried away and one thing grew into another. And I quickly realized that if it's going to be that big, that bushcraft isn't really the answer because bushcraft shelters always fall down. And this thing is like <laughs> 16 feet wide, 12 feet long, you know, and big, huge. I didn't want it falling down and killing me and my daughter. And that's one of the reasons that I was building it was so that I could have a reliable place to go out in the woods on our property and teach my daughter about the woods. Like at a moment's notice, you know, Hey, let's go out to the, to the A-frame. We can hang out, eat hot dogs, build a fire, whatever, stay overnight and just teach her the ways of the woods, you know, base camp for hunting, like whatever. And so I started using hammers and nails and building this big A-frame. And then I decided very recently that I didn't want it to be all closed in like the A-frame was. I wanted to be able to see and what kind of camp instead of being in a structure. I, I like camping. So, yeah, I opened it up to be a lean-to, and I'm much more happy with the way that that looks and is coming along. The thing's a monster, man. It, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> was, it, was much, it was big in my mind, but it was much smaller in my mind when I was designing this in my little pea brain you know i really didn't think it was going to turn out to be that big of a project but it is and it's awesome i can't wait until it's done now i've been watching you build this thing and you're not even like use it you're kind of doing some primitive bushcrafting like techniques on building it because yeah you're not using i mean you're using a chainsaw for part of it but Mm -hmm. when you're notching it out you're just using basically a hatchet and and part and a chainsaw just to cut some slats like yeah where where did you get the inspiration to do all this because it's just kind of it's kind of random hey i'm just gonna i don't think i'm gonna build a lean to you know i mean what 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 was it that kind of led you to want to do this um i've been doing stuff kind of like this my whole life you know i'm just a i'm still a boy in the woods building forts playing with knives you know having a good time um you know, when I was a little kid, I went into the woods for my safe spot. That's to get away. You know, I didn't have the greatest childhood, so I went into the woods, and that's what I immersed myself in for a long, long time. Um, bushcrafting before it was cool, you know, before it was a term coined bushcraft. And I mean, seriously, just a kid out in the woods with a knife and a hatchet building forts. That's what I did, and that never left. I've I've just always really enjoyed camping, and that continued and. You know, my friends, we'd go out in the woods for a weekend or so, and we'd build a little primitive camp in the woods and hang out and party all weekend long and tear it all down and burn it and weave, you know. And now that I have my own place in the woods, I thought, I kind of want to do this. That's build, awesome. Build a neat little lean-to. And, and by little, you mean something that's like 15 feet tall and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah massive like 16 massive feet long <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but there, yeah. there will be more bushcraft projects like i'm definitely going to build some bushcraft stuff on my on the land because i mean there's enough of it and it's fun it's just fun you know and, and to teach my daughter and hand all that stuff down and hopefully she gets into it you know it's nothing i'm gonna force oh, yeah. on to her but it's what i do so she, i mean so far it's working she's into it 
Yeah, you've got has, some fans on here, dude. She has a really good time when we go out there and work on that thing. It's fun. You've got some fans on here. Following Walker's World is saying the lean-to looks awesome. Love the uh-huh. video with you cooking hot dogs with your daughter. Yeah. Uh, the A-frame is looking awesome. We got uh, Craig Dwello, which I actually talked to earlier today. Justin, total bush crafter. <laughs> oh, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Greg Morton is saying, make the memories now before you know it. Dad will no longer be the cool guy, and her friends will take priority for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And then, and then my favorite of all the comments, my favorite of all the comments is, is Bryce Newbold. Justin's bushcraft skills make me look like a Cub Scout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to I pivot a little bit because your most recent video, you were kind of – you did a lot more on it in this one video than probably the other ones combined from what I saw. Like you just got a lot done on it in this last video. Yeah. But there was something going on during the video that added to it that I thought – we got to talk about this. And it started out with this uh, Dutch oven. Yeah. And then a big thing of bacon. Mm. And then a big thing of sausage. And it was, and in the video, you said it came from, you butchered this pig or had it butchered. So it was oh, your own pig. I did it. Yep. And so it was bacon that you'd like apparently cured, sausage yep. that you had made. Yep. You threw it in the Dutch oven. You cut mm-hmm. up an onion. You cut up some peppers and then you put the lid on, walked away for a while. Then you come back a little bit later, you throw in some tomatoes, you throw in some chili powder, some cumin, and we realize the beans are going in and now the it, it's chili. Mm. And you made this chili that basically cooked all day while you were building this thing. Yeah. yeah. How good was that stuff, man? Real good. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really spicy. Oh man, um, it wasn't that spicy. I mean, I put in quite a bit of cayenne pepper, but cayenne pepper's not that bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and that wasn't spicy sausage. I saved the spicy sausage for when I'm just eating sausage. Basically, you know, I I knew I could make the chili spicier with with the hot pepper. So it wasn't that bad. I also but, knew that it was going to make a lot more than my cousin and I were going to eat at that one particular outing. So I'm taking the rest home and. You know, my family won't eat it if it's going to melt their face off. And, you know, my, my wife always tells me that I pee on everything when I, when I put the heat on it because nobody <laughs> else wants it. <laughs> so I try I'm not the to same way, man. too spiky, spicy. You know, but. I, I'm just like you. I have a two and a three-year-old, and my wife doesn't do spicy, so I have to yeah. do the same thing. I have to the pull it back. The struggle's real, man. It the is. The struggle's real. And I'll make stuff <laughs> spicy subconsciously. I don't even know it. Right. Yeah. My daughter tries some and she's sorry, kid. (laughs) Did it again. My wife and I were watching that video together and uh, your daughter, precious, by the way, Mm -hmm. love her. Thank you. Making me laugh and (laughs) celebrating you you all playing together and and flipping water bottles and stuff. Yeah. And my wife's stuff, man. Yes. Like like we said earlier, making memories now. Mm-hmm. So my wife was um, curious about the trees. Did you cut all those trees from your land? I saw you stripping the bark and stuff off. I was also yep. curious of um, why you stripped the bark off and what that does. Um, the trees are from our land. Mm-hmm. The, the, all, all the resources are basically coming from our land. Um, I stripped the logs because if you leave the bark on them, they'll they'll rot. They'll that holds moisture. The insects will hide, start digging and eating at it. Um, and the bark off gives for a much better presentation, you know, especially inside when the fire is flickering on the nice skinned logs and stuff. But basically it's for preservation. You know, you peel that skin off those logs or they're, they're going to rot and collect bugs and hold moisture and it can be pretty nasty. Um, after a year or so that the, the the bark would kind of start to come off on its own, but those are pretty good sized trees and the bark alone, you know, you figure from two trees, by the time all that rots and goes away, there's going to be big, huge gaps in between those logs. And we don't want that either. So it's just best to skin them, the weatherproofing and all that stuff. It'll just last a lot longer. Yeah, no, we... Go ahead, Jeremiah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Good, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I watched a lot of these like survival shows and they do, you know, lean tos and bushcraft stuff that are very temporary. Like I need to get through the night or whatever. Yep. And I always wonder, and looking at yours, I wonder the same thing. If I were to build one of those, like I got to choose a direction that the opening's going to be on. I know you said you wanted to be able to look out and see and have an open side. So weather-wise, what do you or the other people that build this kind of stuff do whenever it gets a little crazy? And there it may be raining sideways or maybe it's a really bad winter storm and you're out there in it and you're not just like on your property and can walk back home. Um, so why? what's the deal with the wide openness and what do you do if there is some extreme weather? It's a good question. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's why he's on the show. He has all the good questions. Uh, <laughs> so. it's, it's that brain at work. Yeah, it's, he's the smartest guy in Kentucky. <laughs> um, about 50, 60 feet in front of the opening is my old bushcraft shelter that I have there where I've been going since before I started building a lean-to. And in that shelter, I have a wood stove. A legit wood stove. I dragged a wood stove out there a couple of years ago in a wow. winter. <laughs> How far is that? Um, it's a it's a little over a half a mile walk okay. into the woods. Man. So which is pretty cool. You know. Um, you can get there pretty quick and you, know, you walk there in ten minutes. So yeah. But um with the weather blowing in and stuff, what I'm going to do is there's going to be an overhang on it. In that last video, you can kind of see that taking sure. shape where the overhang is going to be. And then I'm going to run posts at the end. And I'm going to be able to hang a tarp if it gets gnarly. Smart. I'm going to buy a big, heavy-duty, gnarly canvas tarp. And I'm going to leave it out there. And when it gets really cold or when the weather's really, really nasty, if it's too much, because you're right, in the right situations, it could just blow right in and be miserable. So... I'll just drop that curtain and fire up the wood stove. That's my plan anyway. I mean, That's awesome. In my mind, it all works out. I've got it kind of designed so that it will work out. But, you know, things present themselves sometimes that we can't see ahead of time. So we'll see. That's the plan anyway. So when I drop the curtain, I should have two doors on each side. And I'll That's just have cool. A, I'll have a tarp for those as well. And it'll be like a little canvas hot tent slash cabin thing in the woods with a wood stove <laughs> just a cool spot to hang out you know seems like everything comes back to the hot tent because that's kind of what made you youtube famous was was the hot tent is, am I really um, fam- like when you can say you're, you're when you say to- almost have a million views on a video that's pretty youtube famous to me i mean that's a i know you don't act like a famous person like you you don't do that, but I mean that's a lot of views for one video, and uh, that's, that's that's like a pretty one wonder thing, right? That's like not necessarily famous. No, <laughs> come on now. I'm just saying, man. Anyways, well, well, the, what is, uh, basically so what I'm trying though. to get is like is like the hot tent thing. Let's talk about hot tents for a second because okay. I would kill to backpack, and we've talked online actually. You and I have talked about this. I want. To backpack and then sleep in a hot tent. Yeah. Like, I really want to do this. Um, what, I mean, how much does this thing weigh? I mean, because as a backpacker, how much stuff weighs matters. How much does this thing weigh? I mean, when you're carrying that out into horrible weather, I'm assuming you're not doing long miles. Um, you're probably hiking in shorter, maybe making a base camp and, and hiking out from there. But uh, what do you, I mean, how much does this thing weigh? It depends on which tent. Really, at this point now, I have four hot tents. You know, two of them I made, and two of them I've purchased. Um, the one that I would adventure with is the one that has the big video count, right? That that Lux Mini Peak XL. It's like nine feet by nine feet, nine feet wow. by eight and a half. You know, and um, five feet two inches tall. So it's a pretty decent size, and it weighs 2.9 pounds, just just the outer, which is not terribly heavy, but it's not exactly a lightweight hot tent either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some really lightweight hot tents out there that weigh a pound, and, you know, nothing, basically. That that blows so, my mind, too, because yeah. you're bringing a stove, right. literally a stove, out into the woods. Yeah, 
And the, the concept of the super light tent to me with a wood stove doesn't really bode well. Yeah. Like, but I can see why people would do it. And given, you know, the style of camping that maybe they're doing light and fast, maybe it works. But for me, like you were saying, a hot tent is more of a base camp thing. You know, so I want it to be a little bit more rugged. I also want the material to be a little bit thicker to help hold in a little bit more heat for whatever it's worth. Yeah. Um, it might not be much, but I know a canvas tent holds heat better than a super thin sil nylon one will. Um, so, yeah, most of it's base camp, but I do haul it in for miles. You know, I'll put that thing on a sled or a polk. And I'll, you know, I've got a video where I put it all in all my gear into a, a sled and I skied it in for a couple of miles and then got to where the trailhead was and took the skis off and put the snowshoes on and then hiked in the woods a bit more and then set up my stuff and base camp from there. So you can cover some miles, but that particular trip wasn't designed to cover miles. Right. That's a really, really good question because when I do want to cover miles in the mountains in the winter, I don't bring a hot tent at all. I just bring a tent that I can throw up with some poles real quick and get in there and be done with it. Now, what tent are you using when you go out in the cold? Because, you know, you're probably are you using a four season tent, I'm assuming, or are you just for, using a typical three season tent? For the most part, I'm using a three season tent. You know, I'm using a, in the wintertime, I, for the last couple of years, I've been using a Eureka Midori Solo. I've got that right behind me, actually, right now. Yeah, mine's right over there, too. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome tent, man. They're rugged. You know, they're built out of strong materials. It's not exactly lightweight. You know, it's like no. four and a half pounds or something of the sort. But again, in the wintertime, if you're really backpacking out in the wilderness of like New Hampshire or whatnot, it can get gnarly and you don't really want a thin tent. Yeah. And you, know, you just don't. It could get destroyed really fast. I have two, two things I'm curious about with this whole hot tent situation. Uh, one in that two pounds ish range is the stove included in the weight. And two, I've heard some people complain that they have to get up and, or at least wake up and put more wood in their stove. So have you experienced that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the like really big, I think misconceptions out on YouTube right now with these stoves and hot tenting, you know, it's a, especially these backpacking stoves, you know, there's a whole bunch of like Nico stoves and all kinds of stainless steel stoves that weigh 20 pounds and they'll hold heat all night long. Absolutely. But with these backpacking lightweight titanium stoves, I mean, you know, this is it right here. In this package that weighs less than four pounds, I have a stove and a stove pipe and a damper and everything, everything, all of it right here. Oh my gosh. Bag and all weighs less than four pounds. It's really light and very backpackable and very packable. Wow. Stove, stove breaks down super flat and you know, you'd have to put it together and all that stuff, but they're awesome. They're really awesome, but they're not efficient. And I don't, I don't think enough people talk about that on YouTube. I mean, you stoke one of these things up and it throws a massive amount of heat. And then two hours later, it's dead, like dead, dead, dead. You can probably extend that a little bit with, you know, big rounds of hardwood or whatnot, but these stoves are only about 12 inches deep. You know, mine is eight by eight by 12. You can't fit very much wood in these things. They do throw insane amounts of heat and I can have my tent upwards of 70 degrees on a zero degree day. I've done it a bunch of times, That's but you've incredible. got to keep feeding that stove. You have to keep feeding it. They're not airtight. They just chew through fuel quick and it's titanium. You know, I mean, I'm not like the smartest guy in New Hampshire. So I can't really, you know, but titanium, you know, titanium really um, dissipates heat. Well, it soaks it up fast, holds it, and then it just gets rid of it. So, I mean, that's another cool thing about these stoves is once the things, once it's dead, it's dead. It's 10 minutes. You can touch it. You know, it's crazy. Like there, you can pack them down and go, but yes, you have to wake up. If you're going to wake up to, to feed it, you've got to, you got to wake up and feed it. Which is why a really, really, really good rule of thumb for me personally, I believe, is to have a rated sleep system for the conditions you're going to go out in. Like a hot tent and a stove is not a substitute for proper gear. It's not. It's actually quite dangerous for people to be thinking that way because if something happens, if a tree falls down and pushes your tent into your hot stove and then poof, your tent, your stove, it's useless. Like who knows what's going to happen? You know, you really don't know. 
And if you don't have that sleep system for a backup, then you could be in a lot of trouble. And I personally don't want to go to sleep and not wake up. Like CO carbon monoxide poisoning is an issue, although it's kind of a touchy one because I've never really heard of a case of somebody getting it from a wood stove. It's always a gas stove or charcoal or something of the sort. But that ventilation is nice and all that fresh air. So I typically pack up my stove, let it burn out, and then I go to sleep. You know, I'm in my sleeping bag and all my whatnot, and I just go to sleep and I wake up and I start doing whatever from there. But That's I myself personally do not let my stove run at night while I'm sleeping. Now, that's probably me just being overly cautious because I know that a ton of people do. And there's a whole bunch of people out there that are just crazy about how, you know, you can do it this way. You're doing it all wrong, you know, like whatever. There's a million ways to do it. I just personally prefer to let my stove go out before I go to sleep. That makes sense. I know I get I'm going to wake up. Yeah, well, I got to let you know there's some we've missed a few comments that need to go your way here real quick. Uh, ben McMillan is is claiming all million views on your video. He says that he is your biggest fan. So Ben McMillan, the guy whose backpack you bought that we actually saw. I know that in yeah, Kentucky. Yep. A few weeks before you got it, that, yeah. which is which is an interesting story. But uh, he said that then uh, all things outdoors is saying, I think the shelter should be the guest room for when YouTubing buddies come up to visit. I want to do that. I think you should. Not out there. Yeah, uh, we'd totally come up. Okay. Jared, well, I would. Jeremiah doesn't like the cold, so he might not come up. But I'll, I'll, come, I'll come up, up. in the summertime. <laughs> in the summertime. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Uh, Hunter's trip says hot hammock is greater than a hot tent. Justin, you should make one. I just can't really get myself to get into the hammocks. I've tried it, and I almost did. I almost really got into it almost bought a setup and then on this recent canoe trip my buddy that i was with i watched him curse his out over and over and over because it just <laughs> sucks to set up and take down every single day so i think i'm just gonna stick with my tents i like my tents i'm a ground dweller i always have been it's i mean i do have an enl hammock or eno or whatever it is but yeah that's not a good hammock it's exactly i'm not yeah. gonna talk crap about it but those of you that know you know yeah and, yeah um I'm just not going to invest in a hammock. That's not my thing. I can tell. Well, Gretchen Lopez says that you're serving some realness out Gretchen here. And, and uh, Justin Outdoor says UL hot tents are nice for socializing and also says you nailed it. Can't rely on the stove. Yes. Yes. I, I think people from New Hampshire and people from Canada understand cold weather most than or more than most. Well, we're in it. I, I can't really say more than most because, I mean, there's, I know there's a lot of people out there that know a lot more about it than I do. But I also know that I know enough about it to like it and get by in it. Um, those Canadians, man, whew, they do some hardcore stuff. They've got the environment for it. It's very inspiring. I yeah, see you. Matty Outdoors, I think I saw him make his own um, stove. Yep. take backpacking yeah bending the metal and i was like wow he's talking yep. about burning off different coatings mm-hmm. yep. yeah so it didn't it didn't like poison him in the middle of the night right mm-hmm. right i just did I, I built my own stove about uh, three four years ago and i mean it's a big heavy duty one i don't use it for backpacking because it's i made it out of galvanized stove pipe and it's really big and heavy but um, and that works. And he's right. You know, you burn it all off and make sure those gases and stuff. But yeah, it's cool. There's a lot of crafty people out there doing a lot of really, really cool stuff for sure. That's one of the magical things about YouTube. There's a lot of smart, crafty people <laughs> doing. Yeah, we really got we cool got the things. smartest guy in Kentucky on this on this <laughs> thing right now. Point I mean, in case. I mean, there it is. Yeah, I'm there talking is. to him. It's an, it's amazing. It's all propaganda. <laughs> Well, man, we, we've had you on here for an hour. What? And uh, yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? It goes really fast. It goes really fast. But I want to make sure you get some time to plug your channel, uh, plug the uh, documentary, um, anything else you want to plug. Uh, basically, the floor is yours. Let people know everything they need to know about you. Um, well, thank you, guys. I plug you guys for having me on the show. Like, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> And if I could really say anything at all, it'd be just go check out that documentary. Please. Absolutely. Like if anyone can take anything away from any of it, like check that out. Cause that's inspiring. If you want to be inspired, go check that thing out because it'll do it. 
that'll move you. I mean, if you're a decent human being, that'll, it'll grab you. The story there is amazing. Um, my channel, it's good in the woods, YouTube, you know, I think most of you guys probably know that already, but check it out if you want. Don't, if you don't, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than thanks guys. It's been awesome to talk to you. I can't even believe it's been an hour. I know, man. It always goes fast. It always goes fast. And you've had a ton of comments. So um, I hope I've done decent enough explaining it. I'm not the best with words. My brain gets flighty sometimes. And, you know, I don't think I make very much sense sometimes. So I hope I did all right. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, you were great. Yeah, awesome. And like I said, there's so many comments. Um, Make sure you take some time and go back and read through some of them because I couldn't get to every single one. I absolutely during this, Um, but definitely a lot of people had a lot of kind things to say about you and what you're doing. Well, thank you very much, everybody. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, Jeremiah is wild, right? Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. How many people we've all gotten to know because of this platform? It's a really incredible platform. Yeah, it It is. It really is. I know a lot of people talk crap about it, but it's an amazing platform for so many reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremiah, you have anything else for Mr. Justin? Uh, It's great to like officially kind of meet you, you know, almost in person. I can't wait to actually come visit you. I would love actually to uh, have you to show me some, some winter life. That would be awesome. Is there, is there any possibility that that might be happening this this March, or are you you in it or out of it? <laughs> I've been looking at my calendar. I, I don't have anything planned for March yet, so I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out if I can pull it off. I got to talk to the wife. You well, know, I know Jason. Boys. Jason's planning on coming out here sometime in March with Goat and Jeremy, I believe. So let's make a big trip out of it. Something. We'll see. Just, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm not letting any cats out of the bag. No, <laughs> I don't no, know anything you're good, that you're talking man. about. <laughs> but I thanks could. a lot, man. Yeah, yeah I hope to Thank get you. to see you soon, man. Likewise, and I'd like. I'm, I mean, I've got to come out to Kentucky at some point because Jason's come out here. He's going to be doing it twice, so I must reciprocate. Absolutely, so, man. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll we'll get you some steaks, and uh, you need to bring stuff to make that chili. Maybe we can buy it there. We will. We will. <laughs> actually, actually, I have, I have a guy who uh, I just got a half a pig from, and so Excellent. I'll bring the sausage. I'll bring the bacon, and we'll pick up all the other stuff. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll make the chili. Absolutely, man. Well, it was good talking to you. We'll talk Likewise, to you later, bro. Guys. Likewise, guys. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you. Take care. Okay, that was awesome. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was just awesome. Like Bryce Newbold's now, everybody's saying, I'm down for New Hampshire. I'm down for New Hampshire. We're going to have like 27 YouTubers in New Hampshire when all is said and done. <laughs> Don't tell Justin. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be it's, it's crazy. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up on this show. Uh, we are getting ready to wind down the last four episodes of season two of the show. Uh, we'll be finishing up on November 30th. And that's going to be a huge one. We're going to have Plug It In Hikes with us that night. Uh, he is currently doing a really cool project. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. It's uh, it's No Trash November. Yeah. No, no Trace November. No Trace, no trace November. November. And uh, he's just challenging everybody. Go into your local parks, your public lands, and clean up the trash and get it out of there. And uh, so we're going to be talking to him at the end of the month. We got Ben McMillan coming up the week before that and he's got a big announcement to make and we're excited about that one uh the week before that is that official yet yeah next next week that would be it right no two weeks from now two weeks two from weeks now. two weeks yes uh we will have devin ashby on as of today yeah so get, get him to talk a little bit about waymark and uh tell us about the adventure he's been doing there i'm as excited a, as to see how job. he's doing i am then, too a week from today for the live stream, and you'll be getting it soon if you're listening, uh, very, very soon, is Jeff Garmier, who I've talked about before, the author of Free Outside, the uh, calendar, single calendar year triple crowner. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. It's just, uh, it's going to be an awesome end of the season, and we'll be taking the month of December off because we have families and it's Christmas time, and you know we want to make sure we have that time with them, and then we'll kick in, we'll be kicking back off in January with uh, a whole new season, a whole bunch of new guests, 
And we'll be doing some, we've got some giveaways that we're starting to work on yes. that we're going to be doing during that. And uh, there's just a lot going on, man. Oh, yeah. We're bringing it up a notch. I do want to show one thing before uh, we hop off. I have no idea what he's about to do right now. No clue. I saw, well, you've already seen it, but I saw Tom commented earlier. I don't know if Tom's still on here. <laughs> this he is was great. Asking, <laughs> he was asking in the comments at the beginning. I saw it. He asked if I had received the uh, bidet yet, the pocket <laughs> bidet. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it just yet, but I'll get back to you on that review, Tom. Yes. <laughs> Thank so. you. Thank you so much, by the way, for he sent me uh, some of his favorite backpacking foods, some super cool stickers and a pocket bidet. So that is awesome. Thanks. Yes, he did. And and unfortunately, at least as of this point, there will be no Gonex giveaway. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we do talk about Gonex a lot, but uh, we're not, I don't think that's happening. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, all I got. That's all we got. So Jeremiah, it's been a good night. Yes. Justin was awesome. Yes, I'm going to sleep well. That was I am an awesome too. way. Awesome yeah, we need to, to figure out how to get up there. We got to get up to New Hampshire. Oh, for sure. That's a I'm given now. On my way. I got I to gotta save some money up and get a plane ticket. We need to go. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Well, for myself and Jeremiah, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great night, and uh, we'll catch you on the next go-around. Adios, folks.